Well, it's a privilege to be with you today. I'm typically in the journey service, and so we talk about this service as big church. So I'm glad to be with you in big church today, because I'm usually in little church. So glad to be with you today, and to actually be a part of this stewardship series, that we as an entire Dawson family of faith, you know, it, it, it's, it's not about, you know, making budget and making our abundance pledges, because we've, we've determined the budget a couple weeks ago. You guys were at the, the meeting. This is about us as a family of faith saying, hey, I want to take a few weeks, and I want to look honestly at my life, not just my money, my time, my energy, my affections, my attentions, and I want to set that before God. I said, God, help me to be a good steward of everything that you've entrusted to me. So that's what we're doing over a series of weeks. Two weeks ago, we began Brad, Brad Priest, and remember the video of the father and son who was still teaching his son about, about, about you know, tipping and generosity, and that, that generosity and stewardship is something that we need to teach, we need to pass along. And then last week, when Randy, when Randy taught, it was, we had that video, remember the video last week about the father and son doing all the lawn work and planting the flowers in their neighbor's yard, and that, that really stewardship and generosity, it's a verb, you know, it's not just a noun, it's a verb. It's something we put into action that has to do with obedience. So each week we're sort of just exploring this topic of stewardship. So I invite you to, to watch the video that introduces the message this week. Can I have the vanilla, please? Sure, it'll be two fifty. Um, that's that's not enough. Is this enough? That's more than enough. For everybody? Yeah. I love how that video pictures and, and demonstrates and illustrates generosity. I mean, you see, the, you see the, you know, the child running around. He's trying to find money anywhere. You know, they're scavenging and scrounging and storing and, and saving it all up until he has a full jar, until he can do what he wants to do. And he takes it out, and he gives it all so that all of his friends can all have some ice cream. So it's, it's a great story, a great little picture, vignette of generosity. And not just generosity, but sacrificial generosity. And that's what we're going to talk about today, about sacrifice and generosity. And how that all links in with stewardship and how we steward all that God has given us. Now, one thing I also like about that video is how excited everybody is to get the ice cream. 
I'm guessing actually if the weather holds up, we'll all want some ice cream when we get outside today. We'd be all excited to get some as we're having summer in October, right? It's pretty hot out there. But I loved how all the kids were excited to get ice cream. Because that showed when this child was giving, when this kid was giving a gift, everybody wanted it. And when they got it, they were like, yeah, I mean, you saw them all dancing around. You know, they were all excited to get the free ice cream. And that's how we want our gifts to, to, to have an impact. When we give something, we want the person who receives it to go, yes, you know, that's just what I wanted. Now, that's not always the case, right? I mean, at least for me, I, I have sometimes given a gift or two that didn't quite make the yes connection. You know, you might have gotten an awkward face or a, you know, is this the right present? You know, did have the right name on the, you know. Um, we've all had those kind of things that, that, that whether we received a gift or gave a gift that it just didn't quite line up. You know, and that, that turns into the white elephant gift or re-gifting. You know, you sort of pass it on to the next person. We've all had those encounters, right? Where the gift doesn't line up with the person who's receiving it. That's, but that's not how we want it to be with giving. And when we're looking at this topic of stewardship and how we are responsible stewards to God and how we actually are giving our lives to Him, how we're following Him and want to be submitted to Him in all that we do, isn't it important to consider what does God think is valuable? Don't you and I want God to look at our lives and look at the gifts that we give and the things that we're desiring to honor Him and for God to say, yes, that's what I'm talking about. I'm so honored by what you just did. That act of worship was so meaningful to me. Thank you. Don't we want God to have that type of response for what we give? Because He's really the ultimate recipient. He is our audience. So today we're going to consider that and say, how does God determine value? How does God determine what is significant? Because as we understand that, we can then know how to give. Now, what if God doesn't determine value the same way that you and I do? I mean, we typically determine value by, you know, quantity. More is more. Greater is greater. Larger is larger. More significant is more significant. Whether it's money or time or energy or affection or attention, the more we give, the better it is. And I can judge myself relative to each one of you if you've done more or less than me. That's how we determine value. That's not how God determines value. And the one thing we're going to talk about today, the main point, the one thing I want us all to walk out of here with is this one statement. It's not as simple as I'd like it to be, but it's a statement. And the statement is this. God does not determine value by the sum that we give, but the sacrifice we make. God has a totally different scale than we typically use. And that makes all the difference. So we need to understand the scale that God uses. We need to understand the way he assigns value, the way he assesses worth. Because God does not determine value by the sum we give, 
but the sacrifice we make. So we're going to look at a story today where Jesus is actually trying to teach his disciples this very point. And so we're going to walk through it together. And then we're going to have some observations and applications in light of that. Because if this is true, what does that mean for me? And what does that mean for you? And what does that mean for us as a Dawson family of faith? So we're going to look at the passage together. The passage is in Mark chapter 12, verses 41 to 44. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. It'll be on the screen. You can use whatever electronic device you have. Or if you have it memorized, you can like, you know, do whatever you want to do. But we're going to walk through this passage. And, and what I will typically do is I'll just read the passage. And then we'll come back through and we'll walk through it again verse by verse. And we'll see how this teaches us that, you know, God does not determine worth by the son that we give, but by the sacrifice we make. Okay, so if you turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 12, I do want to just orient you just a, a touch to what's going on in Jesus' ministry and, and the setting of what's going on. It's actually towards the last, last of his ministry on earth when he, when he came. And it's actually that last week. He's coming to Jerusalem. At the end of this week, he's going to be betrayed, arrested, beaten, crucified. And then he will rise from the grave. So this is in that week where he's come into Jerusalem, and he's gone into the temple a couple times. And now he's in sort of this outer area of the temple complex where there's lots of movement, lots of people going around. And that's the context of this passage. Mark 12, 41 to 44. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Now, it, it's, it's obvious on the surface where, where Jesus is going in this passage. He's saying that this little gift the widow gave is vastly more significant. That God determines value not by the sum we give, but by the sacrifice we make. So let's walk through the passage a little more closely. I also want to um, orient you to a couple of things um, about the biblical time. Because in verse 41, it begins, it says, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Now, um, the setup of the temple where they did their religious activities was a little different than the Dawson Sanctuary. Okay, it was definitely very different. That was, supposed to, that was a snicker moment, you know. Okay, good. Okay, so, so it was a different setup. The way it works, they actually had boxes, chests on the side of the wall that had these sort of inverted funnels on the top, and, and people could drop their money in. And the chests were for different things. You had some for, for different types of sacrifices, some for different types of cleansing, some for the annual temple tax, some for... They're just different purposes for the different, different boxes. And then you had a few on the end that were called free will offering boxes. So there were places that you would give offerings and you would give money, not because it was part of your duty... Not because it was a part of your regular religious expression, but you just were thankful. And maybe God laid something on your heart and he asked you to do something and you would put it in there. 
So that, that's the kind of, that's how things were set up. Now, in this place, you could have men, women, children. You had the priest up there. So a lot of times people come in, they say, yeah, I did this and this and this. And, you know, I need to be, I just had this disease and cleansed with this. And I haven't done the tax yet. And they'd say, okay, box number one. And they'd all be labeled. But they'd say, you know, you go do so many pigeons equivalent in that box. You know, put your money in this box. So you have people talking and moving and going all around. And, and that, that's all that's taking place. So it says, you know, Jesus sat opposite the place where the offerings were put. And he watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Jesus was people watching. He and his disciples, he, he, he picked the place, he sat down to watch. So you got all these people coming and going. And he's just watching the place with the treasury, you know, the, where the offerings are put. That's a bit awkward place to people watch. But he was doing it because he wanted to teach something for his disciples. So it's public, everybody's running around doing stuff. He's sitting there, they're watching. Another thing just to remember... The currency was completely coinage. No ATMs, no electronic funds transfer, no checks. You know, none of those cards you can't figure out if you're supposed to swipe or put the chip in. You know, I get confused every time. You know, so none of that stuff. No cash, no bills, only coins. And the coins had value by the material they were made of, you know, gold, silver, copper, and the size of which they were, which gave weight. So you got all these coins of different sizes, different materials, and then people put them in the treasury. So, he's watching people put temple in the treasury. And then it says, at the end of verse 41, many rich people threw in large amounts. Now, so do you get the picture? I mean, you could tell when someone's putting in a lot. I mean, here you can get a check. You can, if, you, if there's an extra zero or two on the end, no one knows. It doesn't show anything different. There, <laughs> you're putting in a lot of money. What does it sound like? Cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. I mean, it's, it's obvious, it's public, it's loud. There's nothing secret about it. So he says many people threw in large amounts. Yep, yeah, that's what's happening right there. That's a rich person, lots of money. And so he's setting up a contrast, he's setting up a situation here. Because what happens next? Verse 42. A poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Now, what kind of sound did those two little itsy-bitsy-teeny-weeny copper coins make when they went into the chest? I mean, no one heard it. I mean, I'm sure people just walk around making noise, kids are talking, nothing, you couldn't hear it, the inaudible and financially insignificant. So that's what happens. Verse 43, the teaching moment has come. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you. Now that, that's a key phrase, truly I tell you. What he's saying is, I'm going to tell you something you're going to have a hard time believing. I'm going to tell you something you're going to be surprised at. I'm going to tell you something that you're going to go, no way. So truly I tell you. Truly, you can believe me on this. This poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. 
Wait a second. No, 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 no. I know, I know you said truly, Jesus. I know you said truly, but come on. I mean, I didn't hear a thing. Maybe you're getting her confused with the rich lady that was before with the four guys behind her carrying the bag, and there's like... Maybe you just missaw what took place. Because the lady you're like indicating at who's already shuffled off and left, she didn't put anything in there. I mean, I didn't hear a thing, and if anything, I mean, her hand just sort of went over it, and it was gone, and... Uh, she didn't do squat. And they were right in one sense. If she had taken what she put in and went to the market, she wouldn't have been able to buy much at all. If she took what she put in to pay a debt off, it wouldn't have gone very far. But for some reason, Jesus says, although she gave incredibly less she gave vastly more. And he goes on to explain. Verse 44. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. What happened here? How did less become more? How did an insignificant amount become vastly greater than all the cold, hard cash? It was because of sacrifice. Less becomes more when it's sacrifice. God determines value not by the sum we give, but by the sacrifice we make. Just a few observations or applications from this. First, Jesus saw what the widow did. How did he know she put in all she had? Because he knew. And the sacrifices that you and I make may not be acknowledged. We don't know what that widow's day was like. We don't know if she woke up in the morning and was like, reaching over for her husband and was like, oh gosh, that's right, he's no longer here. And she got up and was going to the temple and God says, I want you to put in all you got today. She's like, really? Like, yeah. And she may have just shuffled on by and dropped him in and kept on going. No idea, no acknowledgement that God saw and that Jesus used her example as a model for millions of followers of Christ for generations to come. God sees our sacrifice, whether anyone else does or not, and he is honored. And what may not make a single sound in an offering here will speak volumes and roar loudly in the kingdom of heaven. Because God has a different standard. Not the sum we give, but the sacrifice we make. And those are rewards in heaven that last eternally. Second observation. We all have equal capacity or ability to give gifts of great worth to God. Think about that. From the wealthiest multimillionaire to the second grader, every person in this room has the same exact ability to give a gift of great worth in God's eyes. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that amazing? Because it's not the sum we give, it's the sacrifice we make. 
And so we dare not look at ourselves and say, I don't have anything to give to God. I don't have any money, or I don't have any time, or I don't have any abilities, I don't have any attention, I don't have any, I don't have any, I don't have any, I don't have any, I don't have any. Stop it. You are fully capable of giving gifts that God determines of great value. Because he knows who you are, what you have. And as you sacrifice and give out of honor and love to him, boy, he is honored and he's going, yes! But sometimes we can think that all of our gifts are significant because we're giving more than other people. That's the wrong way to look at it. Because God has a different scale of weights. I mean, honestly, God may be saying, you need to put another zero on the end of that check. And that's sacrifice. You need to double those hours. That's sacrifice. You need to adopt that child. You need to foster. You need to change your vocation. That's what I'm asking of you. Each one of us has the equal ability to give a gift of worth to God. The last thing observation I want to make is this. Sacrifice plays a central role, has a central place in the Christian faith. Obviously, we know this because that's what our Savior did, right? He came deserving of honor and praise and being lauded and lavished with everything this world could offer. And what did he do? He came in humility. He set aside. He did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. He sacrificed. Not only just coming here to live, but entering our broken world, meeting needs, teaching, not defending himself, and ultimately offering his life on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins, to sacrifice for us, so that we could have a relationship with God by faith. So sacrifice is central. But let me be clear. Jesus is not saying, okay, everybody, you know, you've all got to go to church every day and give everything you have, and that's the plan. That's not what this passage is teaching. And if you have questions about that, I mean, Paul, in writing to Timothy, he tells, he goes, command those who are rich not to, put, not to be arrogant or to put their hope in their possessions, but to be generous and willing to share. So it's, it's, not, it's not that we have to give up everything we have, but we dare not also realize that sacrifice is central to the Christian faith. I mean, we read our Bible. What are the stories in the Old Testament? Abraham. God called him to leave his country, his people, his homeland, and to go to a place that God didn't determine and tell him where it was beforehand. And he left everything. And the day he died, the only land he owned was the burial plot for his wife. God called Moses to lead a, a stubborn, rebellious, a lot like us, people for 40 years through the desert. I mean, there's story after story after story of how people, God calls them to make sacrifice for him. And if sacrifice has no place in our Christian faith, I think we may be not listening to the voice of God. If there's no time 
that we give in a way that hinders what we can do, that limits our abilities, and that costs us personally, then we are missing a part of the character of God and what he wants us to experience and express. Because as we sacrifice, we walk in faith and dependence on God. As we sacrifice, we see God do things that we can't imagine. I mean, Paul says, I want to know Christ. He says, in the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. I don't know what God is saying to you about sacrifice. The different times of our lives, we've sacrificed in different ways. Sometimes it's been financially. We have some funny stories. Um, when I, I, I was attending the Southern Baptist Church in college, and I, was, I got married just, I, most guys don't want me to tell you this, but I got married a month and a half after I turned 21. I was really young. I, I, I got God had you know, put this burden on my heart. We were doing something in our church. I was supposed to give this big amount, like much more. I was like, God, I have no idea how I'm going to find this, you know. And, and, and then it was part of our, we were engaged, and someone gave us this financial gift for our wedding, that's where I told my wife, hey, honey, I had no idea how God was providing. God's provided. She's like, what? <laughs> and she's like, okay. And we gave it. And it was a blessing. It wasn't a blessing because God gave it right back and doubled it. It was because we gave and participated in what God was doing. We don't sacrifice so we can get back more. It's a transactional thing. We sacrifice because God calls us to. And because God works through you and me to accomplish things in this world. And because God desires for us to walk in faith and trust and dependence on him and sometimes causes us to do uncomfortable things that take faith. So I don't know what God is calling you to do. But we probably should ask him. Not just in money, but in time, affection, attention, energy. Are there things that he wants us to give in such a way that it's a sacrifice? For some of us, it may be money. For some, it may be time. For some, it may be inviting someone else into our family. For some, it may be with your kids saying, hey. You know, I mean, some people in this room, God's going to call some families in this room, some kids or grandkids to go serve him overseas. To take the gospel to places that we consider dangerous and strange. The places who have never heard the name of Christ, who have never met a believer who's experienced the love and forgiveness that comes through Jesus Christ, and they need someone to go and tell them. And it may be your children or your grandchildren that God calls. Or maybe even you. Are we willing to make that sacrifice? I can tell you it's a blast if you do. There's not a single time in my life where I have sacrificed for God and went, dang, I wish I wouldn't have done that. You know, buyer's regret. I want a lemon law. You know, I want, I want to get this thing back after I've done that. Never, 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 never. Whether it was vocation, money, time, energy, whatever. No regrets. And I bet you if we took time just now, we could go across the entire Dawson of faith and person after person after person after person after person after person would say, amen, that is true. 
When I sacrificed for God, I saw him move and act. When I sacrificed for God, I saw him build my faith. When I sacrificed for God, I saw him give me intimacy with him. When I sacrificed for God, I saw him accomplish things I couldn't have imagined. God determines value, not by the sum we give, but by the sacrifice we make. Let's be people who are willing to sacrifice for God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, we, we, we come to you today, and we are so thankful that we don't earn your pleasure or earn your favor by sacrificing. We earned your favor in a relationship with you because of your sacrifice for us and that we put faith in the death of Jesus Christ. And out of that gift you've given us, we now willingly sacrifice. God, give us faith today. Give us hearts that are moldable and willing to step out. Help us in our unbelief. Work in and through us. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.